0: Hello and welcome to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. This is the season premiere of season three, so fittingly we are doing it on none other than opening day. Welcome back to Yankees Baseball, everyone. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. With me today, we have Al Sanasiri, the editor-in-chief. Hello. And of course, our executive editor, Nate Makaborski. Hi there, everyone. Guys, happy opening day.
1: (laughs) I can't believe it's really here now. (laughs) feeling him. Feeling the excitement.
0: There's not enough hyperbole you can use for just the kind of feel when you get to this point. You know, um, we work pretty hard in the offseason. Fans work pretty hard in the offseason, kind of getting ready for this moment. The players obviously work hard in the offseason. And all of a sudden, I mean, it's here. Today, they played a baseball game. It's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah. And, and from our perspective, we get to uh, unveil everything that we've worked so tirelessly on these last few months, which is uh, super exciting for us.
0: One thing we're going to do on today's episode we are going to take a first look and by first look we literally mean first look we have mm-hmm. not even looked at these ourselves yet of the 2019 Yankees yearbook and the April and opening day editions of Yankees magazine. We're also going to hear from some of the fans who came through the turnstiles today. Do they even are they still turnstiles? What do you even call them at this point? Who yeah, scan their tickets yeah, today? Right. Yeah, it's yes. all kind of electronic, right?
2: Scan yeah
0: walked through eventually Uh and uh you know we're gonna hear from them what they're excited about for this season as it gets underway and lastly something those fans who came in will certainly enjoy we spoke with Legends Hospitality Senior Executive Chef Matt Gibson about what kind of stuff you can find around the ballpark this year, what kind of stuff you can eat, how you're gonna make sure not to go home hungry. It's your fault if you go home hungry. So you'll hear my interview with Chef Gibson, and the three of us will also chat about some of our favorite things to eat around the ballpark. So let's uh, get underway. Nate, there's uh, three pretty large boxes next to you that again we have not even
1: looked at yet. This is very exciting for me, John. I mean, this is so these things rolled off the printing press in, in Pennsylvania, loaded onto a truck they backed it into yankee stadium this morning i uh went out of my way not to open any of these boxes (laughs) yet i wanted this to be the first glance so you you uh, guys are enjoying this with nate right now (laughs) (laughs) where should we begin should we do the i think it's it's opening day i think it's opening day i mean let's do it i'm cracking it open this is i I can't even
0: imagine how well this is coming over in a podcast um to give color commentary here nate has just pulled out the first stash of books he used a box cutter to get in there he's ripping apart the plastic right now
1: for uh for the folks who who might not know we uh we do a special commemorative cover for our opening day program it features a pretty awesome action shot of number 99 aaron judge taking a hack we did some, some special treatment to the cover, so it's got a really kind of cool textured feel to it. Hey,
0: I'm sorry, Nate. Have you been speaking all this time? Because I'm just sitting here looking at Aaron Judge popping <laughs> off this magazine. Me too. Why, really why don't you start cool. again, just because I'm sure you weren't saying anything. <laughs>
1: you know, we, what we were going for was to have Judge just sort of, you know, leaping off the cover. You know, the background is kind of blurred and dulled, and I think our, our goals were met
2: with, with this cover. This is... Just looking at it, one of my favorites, it it is absolutely remarkable. It really brings out the excitement of, in my opinion, the most exciting player in the game. And it's just beautiful. Uh, Just to give a little bit of
0: background here, this is a heavily stylized shot of Aaron Judge that was taken by staff photographer slash photography editor Barry Schneiderman. You know, his face, his eyes are just perfect in there. The bat, you see the real motion in. The ball is kind of suspended um, but you can see just the strength in his legs that are so still in that moment as he's coming through with the bat moving This whole core is really inc- incredible focus in this picture. I'm trying to figure out a way to convey <laughs> what this looks like to you you're just gonna have to show up at the stadium and or call 800 go Yanks and pick one up
2: but... yeah sometimes I know it's 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 I, I struggle putting into words how to describe you know the magnificence of a photo or a cover and this <laughs> one, I think what's really special about it is just the way that Aaron Judge's body is literally in full motion and balls coming off the bat, but also just the treatment that we did to it. You know, sometimes we debate whether we should treat a photo for a cover or not, but by really dulling the background and having Aaron's whole body, the baseball and the Yankees magazine flag, have a UV coat on it, it absolutely jumps off the page. And to me, that's really what's the most remarkable thing about this cover.
1: Pretty good way to start the 2019 season, I would say. So that is one of three
0: publications that we will have for sale on opening day. Nate, should we Go crack open the,
2: uh, the door April number magazine? Two. <laughs> Let's
0: do it. All right, so now Nate has taken the ceramic box cutter once more and he has headed over to the boxes. Let's and this will it.
2: be a tough act to follow.
0: You can hear the action, you know, really. It's like you're there. That's the sound. That's the sound. And, and yes. uh, another thing that you guys aren't necessarily getting right now is the new Yankees magazine smell. Um, It's yeah. really it's really coming through. So let's talk April. This is the version that's going to be on sale at the stadium all month. So even if you miss out on opening day, there's no excuse for missing out on this one. We're still looking at Aaron Judge here, but we're looking at a very, very different pose of Aaron Judge. This is a very, I don't want to say serene because there's a little bit of uncharacteristic menace in his eyes, I feel. There is. You know, he, there's some yeah. intensity. It's very intense. There's a stare as he holds his bat on his shoulder. This was taken on photo day by team photographer James Petrozello. And, you know, this is, it's almost the opposite of the opening day cover. That's just complete strength and motion. And this is just
2: a fierce. Stillness. You guys came up with such a great um, headline here. Brace for impact, I and mean, you think about the look on his face, and you know I wouldn't want to be a, an opposing pitcher in the American League this year and have to face a, a fully healthy Aaron Judge. Yeah,
1: this was a uh, you know when we we sat here you know in this room a, a few months ago and we talked about planning the April magazine. It's April can be a tricky one because we're sort of waiting for. You know the off season to to take shape, and you know for a while we had sort of penciled in like a new acquisition feature, and you know then we all saw how the how the hot stove season sort of shook out, and you know we did the James Paxton cover story for our spring issue. So when there was really you know no other huge big ticket signing, we thought, well, okay, if we don't get one of those guys who sort of makes sense, who's a guy who we could put on the cover in April and fans are going to be excited about. I mean, Aaron Judge is a pretty uh, natural decision there. So I think it's safe to say we could put Aaron Judge on the cover of every single issue of this magazine,
0: <laughs> and we'd probably be okay with it.
2: I don't know how the rest of the team would feel about that. But they wouldn't <laughs> feel good, but he's, yeah, you know, people, you know— Obviously, with each passing month, year, whatever people you know are, are talking about, how is he the face of the Yankees? I think the Yankees have quite a few faces of the Yankees, but sure, surely he's at the top of the list. And just the way he's played the game the last few years, and the way he's represented himself, and he's everything. I mean, he's he's got it all. And I love to start off the year with you know the, the player uh, who really embodies what you're trying to do the most, and, and he's it. Yeah,
1: he's he's one of the faces of uh, not just the Yankees but the entire sport. Rookie of the year in 2017, he wins the home run derby, you know, last year uh, on the national stage, he uh, you know, goes deep off of Max Scherzer in the All-Star game, so runner uh, up
0: for MVP that same year. He got rookie yeah, of the year. I
1: mean, you know, even for for non-Yankees fans just, you know, baseball fans in general, they they got a, a, have a pretty good idea of who Aaron Judge is and you know, I think people who read our cover story in April will get a, uh, you know, an even better sense of what he's all about.
0: You made a joke when you filed this story that you had just written 3,000 words about Aaron Judge without including a single statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you <laughs> it's know, <pretty> remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed at the time and then I read the story. And sure enough, that's not the story you wrote. And I think I know from my own experience, I think we all can say here. Aaron Judge is an incredibly nice guy. He's the type of person who, when he walks past you in the clubhouse, he always looks at you, gives you a little tap on the shoulder or something like that, says hi, which is a small thing, but he doesn't have to.
1: He's a gentle giant. He is. But he's
0: also someone who doesn't really let you in that much. He controls kind of what he puts out there. Nate, your story is kind of, I feel like, the rare story that actually does try to get into not just what he does, but how he became the person who does that.
1: Yeah, you know, as I kind of alluded to earlier with the April magazine, it can be tricky. It's not a new signing where you're it's a getting to know you type piece. All we knew after that initial meeting was like we want a story about Aaron Judge. So from there, I kind of looked at, okay, well, what's Aaron been up to this off-season? He's he's healthy after the wrist he showed in in the postseason last year that he was back to 100% health. But I was also interested to read that back in his home state of California. He had done a few events.
0: With extremely little fanfare.
1: With extremely little fanfare. (laughs) Which makes our job a little harder. (laughs) Yeah, these, I've read a couple articles that were, I believe, in The Record, um, which I think is out of Stockton, California, near his home in Linden, that talked about a clinic he had done for youth baseball players, I think, in November. And then in January, he held an event to formally announced the launch of his foundation the all rise foundation and so i thought great this is perfect this is exactly you know the type of stuff that i love reading about and so i think a lot of our readers feel the same way so when i went down to tampa that was really my goal was to you know speak to aaron about why now you know why is the time to to start a foundation why is now the right time and you know what are some of his goals what is he hoping to accomplish and it was great i mean he was awesome he's you know he's got big plans in mind for for this season on the field but he's got some really big things that he wants to accomplish off the field just in terms of giving kids an opportunity to succeed in life and giving them a, a better shot at a, a a future than they might have had otherwise so you know that the foundation is still very much in its infancy a lot of the specific plans and details are are still being ironed out. But as you said earlier, John, he's just He's a really kind person, and I think his heart is really in the right place with this.
0: You don't need access to the Yankees clubhouse to see this stuff. He's still the guy who, between rounds of BP, is signing autographs for kids. He's always seeking out the kids who are hanging out. You know, He always seeks out the kids when he's down there.
2: It's funny. I uh, had my family with me for some time in spring training, and I, I think uh, my wife took notice uh, over a couple times that she was at the ballpark of the fact that he never one time— ran off the practice field or field one, which is the main field at at the facility there without stopping and signing some autographs. Never one time did he, did he run off the field? And you know, that's a statistic right there that matters. You know, the statistic being zero, zero times. Did he ever run off the field? And I remember, um, talking to Derek Jeter, uh, who I cannot help, but to say that Aaron reminds me of, and I know that's become cliche and, and all that, but look, I was here when he was a young player and I'm, Just a lot older now, seeing Aaron as a young player.
0: But Al, I think it is fair to make the comparison. And this doesn't have to be about what they're doing on the field just yet. Nate, this is a big part of your story. The thing that reminds me of Derek Jeter the most when it comes to Judge is the issue of his presence and the fact that the team seems whole and the team seems right. And frankly, the team seems better when he's there. It doesn't matter, you know, what he's doing on the field That's himself. So he's just such a presence in that lineup, such a presence in that clubhouse. Nate, you lead your story with him coming back from that uh, broken wrist last year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could say this better than I could, but it was, it was before he was even in the lineup. I think he was available to pinch run or, right. or something like that. But just, you know, down the, down the, bench and you could see it from Boone on down there was the sense that you know our team is whole again
1: yeah yeah Aaron Boone uh spoke about that during spring training about just the immediate difference he could feel in the dugout uh when the team knew that Aaron Judge was available to play once again for the first time in you know a month and a half or whatever it was yeah just his presence alone it, it he brings an energy to the team and I think a confidence you know I think if you're on a team with Aaron Judge, you're, you're feeling pretty good about your chances out there, even if he can't swing a bat. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. having him there uh, to kind of, you know, it's, it's something that's in the minds of the opposition. So. But think about that. I mean, if you're on a
0: team with Aaron Judge right now, that means you're on a team on which Giancarlo Stanton is not the most feared hitter on your team. I mean, and, and that's insane, obviously. Yeah. You know, and you, uh, that can go back and forth. But right. but in terms of the presence, again, that's where I want to go back to. You have Giancarlo Stanton on this team. You have Gary Sanchez on this team. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you know, the incredible two-headed monster of Luke Voigt and Greg Bird on this team. Yeah. Um, Labor and Miggy. Yeah, knows. it's just, you know, every single player, and we said this a lot last year, that there's a cumulative effect to the talent on the Yankees roster. Mm-hmm. What that means is you don't just have Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge can make a lot of teams better on his own. But when you have Aaron Judge, that means... That you know, there's a little bit less attention paid to Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. And when you have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, there's a little less attention paid to Miguel Andujar. Right. You know, and all these things. And, and suddenly, you know, your break in the lineup, if you will, it's Troy Tulawitsky, who's another right. guy that we wrote about in this issue. Right, it's Glaber right. Torres, right. who had you know just a remarkable rookie year last year, and you, and you see it in the bullpen too okay great you know so it's the six inning so what does that mean we're getting adam of now
1: like <laughs> well that, that's how you end up with a, a number nine hitter who hits 24
2: home runs that's, that's right Labor right did last so year true. and i i also think i'll have to say you know what would have happened had Aaron judge not missed seven weeks, how many more games would the Yankees have won? And again, I'm trying to spin this in a positive way, not looking back at, you know, well, you know, the Red Sox finished eight games, you know, uh, above this team and, and, and all that stuff in the standings and the Yankees had to play a wild card game. But Hey, if we have Aaron judge, fully healthy for the entire season this year there's not a seven week gap where he's not there
0: and who knows how healthy he was when he got back i mean right you saw exactly. in
2: 2017
0: i mean when all the talk was you know oh what did the home run derby do to him in that nonsense whatever when in reality he was playing hurt for the entire second mm-hmm. half and he still was remarkable in the playoffs right. i mean right. he was good enough to play there's no question about that but we'll never know how healthy he was we'll never know obviously we saw when we thought gary sanchez was healthy he wasn't.
2: I just hope uh, he's healthy this year. I hope he's healthy for this whole year and if he is I think it, it it truly will change the dynamic of the entire division and and I think it would have last year but I more positively hope and, and feel like it will this year.
0: This feature is called Something More to Give. It's obviously like we said available in the April issue. So This is a really special issue. We have a couple more episodes this month when we're going to discuss some of the other features. I'll give you a preview of some of those maybe while Nate opens our third box, the, uh, the, big the, big one. One, the big one. Here we go. So Nate's going to work on that box. We, we spoke about the Aaron Judge feature. We have a spring training photo essay, like I mentioned, the Troy Tulowitzki feature. There's a really interesting story, which I can't wait to talk about, about the Yankees players who have found success in the Yet Yes Network booth. That's by Gary Phillips, our associate editor. I have three pieces in here, one about Clint Frazier trying to come back from a really rough injury last year. Q and A Q&A with Nick Swisher about the 2009 season and World Series, and a story that we're going to talk about later this month—a special story about a special Yankees minor leaguer and the very strange, very rare decision that was made by Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner to let him keep his very long hair going against uh, all Yankees policies Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about
2: that one but this is a publication my friends the time has come yeah this is awesome
1: congratulations everybody
2: yeah right back at you right back at you the
0: 2019 (laughs) New York Yankees official yearbook celebrating on the cover 10 years of Yankee Stadium all the way from 2009 the first game in the top left corner to the bottom left corner the current hero at Yankee Stadium Aaron Judge so Nate why don't you talk us through this one
1: The cover of the Yankees yearbook is obviously something that's very important to us, something that's very special. It's part of a long tradition going all the way back to 1950, I believe. These are, you know, collector's items. There's people who have every single year of the Yankees yearbook. So every year we strive to make a dynamic, awesome cover that people are going to be excited to add to their collection. And in planning out this one, you know, I thought about just the fact that, you know, it's now 10 years of Yankee Stadium so originally we didn't know necessarily that that was going to be the theme of the entire cover but that's kind of how it ended up playing out we went through many many different ideas and versions and iterations and the one that we arrived at I love because it's one of those covers you could spend a good amount of time looking at and you know, saying, oh, I was there for that, or, oh, I remember that moment, or, oh, I wish I was there for that. So let's do it. We're, we're going to start in the top left corner.
0: And obviously, as with everything else we've discussed, this is really better if you're looking at your own New York Yankees <laughs> yearbook, which <laughs> conveniently you can purchase at Yankee Stadium at 800-GO-YANKS or yankees.com slash publications. Top left corner, we have the general view shot of the stadium from the very first game there.
1: April 16th, 2009. Actually, 30? prior to the even the first pitch, Mm-hmm. Of the first game here. yeah. It's baseline dirt. introductions, full, yeah. full crowd at Yankee Stadium. The Beautiful. Big American flag banning the outfield. It was a beautiful shot.
0: Second row, one of the truly iconic moments at the stadium. We have Andy Pettit and Derek Jeter heading to the mound to go get Mariano Rivera for the last time.
1: That was a... Uh, I remember having to dab my eyes during that moment. Me too. It, it does get dusty in that press box. So that's not your yeah. fault.
0: Moving along, we have Mr. Derek Jeter connecting on hit number 3000 which he sent into the left field bleachers is that correct
1: yes he did unbelievable the first and still only yankee to reach 3000 career hits and he did it with a home run off of david price
0: and somehow an even bigger moment than that one over to the right we have the celebration in 2009 on the mound when uh the team won what is so far still its only world series championship here at the new stadium yeah
1: they'll be working hard to rectify that this year yep exactly
0: Next row down, we have the big man himself in the mound, Mariana Rivera, celebrating save number 602, which broke Trevor Hoffman's record, and route two setting a final tally of, correct me if I'm wrong, 652?
2: I believe that's the number, yeah. I, I just want to add, that is one of my favorite photos. Mm-hmm. It's not actually my favorite moment that's represented on this cover, but it's one of my favorite photos, and I probably talked about this every time we, we looked at one of the proofs, but... Just how the background captures so much of the moment. You have this huge, giant scoreboard that says, Congratulations, 602 career saves. Next to that, Mariano Rivera. And, and Mariano is standing there on the mound with his hands open, both hands spread out. It, it just, the moment is captured absolutely perfectly in that photograph. I'll, I'll never forget that,
1: too. It was such an odd day because it was a day game in September. It was like, the makeup of a rain out in May or something like that. So it wasn't a big crowd. It was a weekday day game, but that was the day he broke the record. And then after the game, you know, his teammates kind of forced him back out onto the mound to take sort of a curtain call by himself out there. And that shot of him with his arms outstretched and his hat off, he's just sort of like, what do you want me to do? It's such such a Rivera pose. (laughs) It is.
2: It is.
0: That's truly a, like you said, one of the great moments at this ballpark, a much sadder moment, of course, came right after the all-star break in 2010. Uh, There was a ceremony at home plate, as the team remember, George Steinbrenner, who had passed away during the All-Star break, and also Bob Shepard. The, the picture we have there is Derek Jeter addressing the crowd, something he did so many times, both at the old stadium and the new one. He really, in addition to being the captain of the players, he was really the voice of the players, too, in a lot of ways. Whenever something needed to be said to the fans here, Jeter always stepped up and did it, much more so than he ever would with the media. Watching that, it was very, it was very hard. It was very sad. But, uh, you know, the right notes were... I hit by cheater that day.
2: I have a memory of that that night that I have to share. We've all been at ballparks and stadiums, arenas, whatever it may be, when a moment of silence for someone's passing is recognized. I have never experienced a moment of silence like the one that evening for George Steinbrenner. It was truly silent. You did not hear a pin drop. I've never heard anything like it in my life. And Nate, I don't know if you, your recollections are, are similar. And I know it almost sounds silly, but how different that moment of silent was, silence was in terms of how silent it was compared to others. Yeah,
1: I agree. It was almost like the uh,
2: even the subways knew to stop at that it, moment. It was <laughs> amazing. I, I ne- I've never experienced anything like it in my life.
0: Well, I'll go a little faster down the bottom row. We have a curtain call from Darren Judge. Didi Gregorius and Brett Gardner celebrating Didi's incredibly, incredibly dramatic home run in the 2017 AL wild card game. That's after the Yankees fell behind 3-0 in the first inning and came right back in the bottom of the first with the three runs. And then we have Alex Rodriguez hitting his own 3,000th hit, which was also a home
1: run. It was. Good year for A-Rod. Yankees yearbook cover, getting married soon, right? There it is. Pretty solid season. And finally, of course, you know
0: you're not going to see a better moment. I think that doesn't involve a actual World Series championship
2: than what we have in the bottom right corner, and that is Derek Jeter's walk off hit to essentially end his career. And that one, to me, stands out because it was it was truly a fairy tale type of moment, almost uh, unbelievable that it could have even happened. Drop the almost. It was completely unbelievable that it happened.
1: I remember and I guess February or March of that year when Derek shortly after he had announced that it would be his final season, they, you know, sent out an email around here with an offer to purchase tickets for the regular season. And, uh, immediately I thought about, you know, if that's his final appearance, if we don't, you know, make the postseason, I really want to be there, uh, as a fan for his final home game. So I bought four of the, cheapest seats I could get. They were literally in the last row of the upper deck right behind home plate. And, uh, you know, I ended up bringing my wife who was with me in virtually those same seats for the last game at the old Yankee Stadium. I'll talk about like the best twenty bucks I've ever spent, or whatever. <laughs>
0: amazing, amazing. On um, basically the exact flip side of that story, when that email came out, I looked at my calendar and realized, oh man, that's Rosh Hashanah, which is, um, you know, I assume most people recognize, but that's uh, that's a big one on the Jewish calendar. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be at the game that night, and I mean, there were just so many things that I remember not being there, and like that it looked like rain all day and it's like, Mm. I remember we were getting emails all day from the very, very top people at this company about, you know, at this moment, it looks like the gates are going to open, and, and everyone always asks us, you know, hey, what's happening? You know, are, are the gates going to open? And the answer is, we have no idea. Like, we never find out until it's on Twitter, like mm-hmm. that the game was canceled. And on this day, I think they knew that everyone was curious. That they were like informing all of us so that we could tell, like, our clients, yes, come, we're gonna, we're gonna play the game, we're gonna play the game, we're gonna play the game again. I'm I'm following this on my phone from home, and I'm just sitting there. You know, we have this big festive holiday meal, and I'm just kind of sitting there on my little iPad Mini watching the game down in South Jersey, and there's that slight tinge of, you know, oh man, let this not be like the ultimate classic moment that I'm not there for. <laughs> and I was watching it happen and I'm just like, oh my God, this is this is too perfect. This is too perfect. This is too perfect. And suddenly, you know, I'm sitting with my wife and again, we're watching on this iPad. And there was that moment when after he kind of like got to, you know, wave and kiss the crowd and all of a sudden you see the other members of the core four who were out there on the warning track And they were just kind of standing there waiting for him to kind of cross over in a sense. And my wife said to me, and it's just like the most perfect reference, she's like, this is Field of Dreams. Like, this is literally, he's crossing over right now. And once he takes that step over to them,
1: like, that's the end. I I was really glad to not be in the press box for that moment (laughs) because I I was screaming like I was 10 years old. And my, my wife even, like, glanced sideways at me. I'm like, do you realize what just happened here? Like incredible what a, what a way to go out the only the only way it could have been scripted better is if that walk-off hit put them
0: into the postseason yeah, like, sure. yeah. that,
1: that, that's the only single way that that moment yeah. of a regular season game could have been better than it was but then we might not have ever known ahead of time that when
2: his last game at home. i, was I felt be. the same way of all of the three years you know up to that point at least the three years that I have been here since I started in 2003 up to that point that we didn't make the postseason the three were 2008 and that was perfect because we knew when the last game at the old stadium was we got to say goodbye got to say goodbye 2013 we knew that it was going to be Mariano Rivera's last game it would not be anticlimactic at all because it was truly his last time out there Mm -hmm. and then of course 2014 Derek Jeter's last game I think it was absolutely perfect and I also remember remember my cousin who was going to come out here for the for Derek's last game from Arizona, but at the last minute didn't, not because of a holiday, just because life got in the way some other how uh, some other way, um, texting me after David Robertson blew the save. and he was like, basically like, now I know how this is going to end. I'm not there and I know and I felt the same way every single person knew it when a we game. fell behind, it was just like, You absolutely know that not only are we going to come back, but Derek Jeter is going to be in that situation, and that's it. For me, it reminded me of something else that was a little bit different. Before I worked for the Yankees, I was in the media relations department of the Baltimore Orioles in 2001, and I was there for some similar festivities with Cal Ripken's last game, except for the fact that in his last game, we, meaning the old weave, the Orioles, (laughs) the team that I worked for, playing the Boston Red Sox. And although I can't remember the exact specifics of the game, what I do recall is that Brady Anderson batted in front of Cal and he came up to the plate with two outs and the bases loaded and with an opportunity to bring Cal to the plate who would have been the go-ahead run. Unfortunately, Brady Anderson struck out and Cal never got that at bat. And it was, I literally will say, I... Just like the the moment with in Derek's last game, unfortunately, and 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 Cal's you know send off was exceptional, and mm-hmm. the Orioles did a wonderful job, and it was an amazing, amazing experience just for me to 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 be there for and be a teeny teeny part of. But I do remember that at bat forever. I I can picture Brady Anderson. I can at I tell bat. you who else remembers that at bat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it and so seeing it go the other way was absolutely amazing but in perfect in fashion so too it
0: wasn't you know a home run it, it was just like your your prototypical Derek Jeter at bat just like you know sliced it into right exactly field. Antoine it, it was,
1: Richardson the pinch runner motored home and Antoine Richardson actually makes an
0: appearance in the yearbook in a and a that we have with Brett Gardner and CeCe Sabathia talking about the 2009 World Series, but they're joking about CeCe being the first one out of the dugout, and if Antoine Richardson hadn't scored, CC would just be hanging down in the field as they <laughs> wait to go to the next inning. But so let's just take a minute to look through the rest of this yearbook. We're going to talk about a lot of these features over the course of the year, but you know, this is a special book. This is on sale all year. It has bios of every single member of the roster. It has all the information you need about how the team was built, what to look for. We look back at Mariano Rivera's Hall of Fame induction. Al, we'll talk about this as we get closer to it, but there's a great feature from when you spent some time with Mariano Rivera during his tour of Cooper Center, or his orientation, as they call it.
2: It's a wonderful, wonderful experience and and uh, a story that I was so proud to write. It's very
0: cool. Um, you also have a piece in there about Miguel Andujar and Glaber Torres, who I think fans are going to really really enjoy getting to know even more about this year as we watch them you have a preview of the really historic games that we're going to be playing this year in london nate you have your annual season preview much looked forward to by every uh, fan of yankees magazine we also have you know some looks back we have a really beautiful feature about mouse dottle and what he meant to this franchise that was written by bob coppish mm-hmm. we have nate's fantastic and i really really mean this i think it's the best thing he's ever written his fantastic piece on the 1939 yankees who are celebrating their 80th anniversary this year well thank you john more recently a look at the 1999 yankees and of course as i mentioned my look at the 2009 yankees
1: wonderful this is a packed packed book Would also direct readers to the uh, the photo essay called Memories Made Here, which expands on the cover concept and includes these moments and many, many more from the first decade of Yankee Stadium.
0: So that's a pretty cool look at these three publications that are out now. Now that it's opening day, they're available. You can get them, as we said, by heading to any of the team stores or kiosks at Yankee Stadium. You can call 800-GO-YANKS and speak to someone about picking one up, or you can visit yankees.com slash publications And choose anything you need there, or subscribe to the magazine so you never have to miss an issue. When we come back, we're going to hear from some of the fans who are here today about what they're excited about and what they're looking forward to this coming year. And then later, we're going to talk to Chef Matt Gibson about some of the items that you can purchase this year when you come through the gates here at Yankee Stadium. So stick with us.
2: Hey, this is John Carlos Stan. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine podcast.
0: There's nothing on the sports calendar quite like opening day. Everything's kind of perfect when you show up to the stadium and you get to watch the players getting back into their routine, enjoying batting practice, seeing all the people come in, there's all the bunting, the smells of the stadium. It's kind of a perfect day. And as you might expect, it's even more special for the fans who come through the Yankee Stadium gates. Before the game started, we had a chance to talk to some of the biggest Yankees fans about what they expect for this coming season. Leading off on this opening day, Donna Muscarella. How many times have you been to opening day? This is my 23rd consecutive. 23rd consecutive. Yes. You got that right from memory. Yes. What's the best one?
1: Oh, wow. Um, probably 97, only because they raised the flag from the 96 World Series championship. So if
0: this is 23rd in a row. Is 96 your first or 97?
1: 97
0: was my first. So the first one's the best. Yes. Who's your favorite player on this team? Aaron Judge. Okay, what if I told you that Aaron Judge had too many fans and you had to choose someone else? Severina, You gave up on Judge so fast. I can't believe how disloyal you are.
1: No, it's not disloyal. It's, I, I love the whole team. Uh-huh. I'm too. So, you know, I love them all. I love them all.
0: What's going to happen this season?
1: Oh, the Yanks are going to take the AL East easy. What's the
0: best part about opening day?
1: Oh, gosh, just the, the fanfare, the excitement, the being back home.
0: You've been to 23 straight opening days. A lot of those opening days are middle midweek afternoon like today it's a thursday how many lies do you have to tell to get to 23 straight opening days
1: oh quite a few <laughs> i've been sick a few times we've had boyfriends sick we've had oh gee i had to miss school because the car wouldn't start yeah it's been interesting
2: but you know what you got to do
0: well thank you so much and enjoy your day today thank you Next, we had Christian Pelias, an 11-year-old fan who's been to more than his share of opening days already. How many times have you been to opening day, Christian?
1: Uh, five times. You've
0: been to five opening days? What are you, seven years old? I'm 11. You're 11 years old. You've been to five opening days. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to notice, though. It's a school day. Uh, how did we get out of school today?
2: Uh, he just picked me up.
0: Father of the year right over here. I love it. Who's your favorite player on this team?
2: Uh, I'll say Aaron Judge.
0: Okay, everyone says Aaron Judge. Who else do you want to say?
2: I like Stanton, too.
0: What if I told Aaron Judge that you just said he wasn't your favorite player?
2: Uh, then he might beat me up.
0: Okay, he's not going to beat you up, but it's, it's okay. You can stick with Aaron Judge and Stanton. What do you think's going to happen this season?
2: Uh, the Yankees are going to win the World Series.
0: Why do you think that?
2: Because we got so many better players like Tillowinski, DJ LeMayhew, and all those good players.
0: What's your favorite thing you're going to eat today at Yankee Stadium?
2: Uh, a cheeseburger.
0: <laughs> how many home runs is Giancarlo Stanton going to hit today?
2: Maybe one or two.
0: One or two, okay, you're being conservative and I like it. You guys have a great time at the game today, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Then we had the chance to speak with Keith Cadeau. Where are you here from?
2: Uh, Long Island. Okay,
0: how many times have you been to opening day? Uh, it's my son's first and mine uh, about 15. So is this your only son? Uh, my only son, yes. So it's not just like your favorite son. This is actually your only son. He's my favorite son, too, yeah. <laughs> What's the best opening day memory you have? Uh, probably 96 in the snow. Okay, it's hard not to remember that today's a school day. Did you have to tell lie to be here, or is this, a, is this above board?
2: Uh, yeah, well, it's above board, but yeah. he's. Uh, <laughs>
0: we didn't tell too many people that he was coming out of school today. <laughs> well, no one listens to this, don't you worry. What are you expecting out of this season? Uh, honestly, World Series.
2: Champions, yes. What makes
0: you so confident?
2: I think we have a great team, a deep team, and uh, I think, you know, season ending a little shorter than we wanted last year, I think it'll make us a little hungrier than the Red Sox this year and get us over to hump.
0: Fred Duran was here with his five-year-old son, and they were plenty excited. How many times have you guys been to opening day?
2: I've been here for the past 15 years, opening day. Haven't missed one.
0: He has not been here at 15 opening days. No, he has not. This is, he's five years old. This is first. First opening day. Is this your only child? This is my youngest child, my son, my only son. Okay, he's here because he's your favorite child, though, or is that? No, the other one had to go to school. (laughs) What's your prediction for this season? Oh, we're going all the way. We're strong.
2: We're strong. We're deep. We have a good chance.
0: What's the best thing about opening day?
2: Best thing about opening day is the atmosphere, 100%. Fans are great, and uh,
0: it's a great day for baseball got the sun out no, no snow this year compared to last year that's got to be an improvement yeah yeah that's forget it that's killer that's awesome next up Suzanne Schneider so welcome to opening day how many uh, times have you been here for opening day this is actually only my second um, because I was I'm recently retired what are you most excited to see today oh I just want to see a win <laughs> that's the bottom line who's uh, your favorite player on this team right now it's got to be Aaron Judge It's got to be. He's just amazing. What if I told you that Aaron Judge already had too many fans and you have to choose another fan?
1: Oh, I think it might be Brett Gardner then.
0: I can't believe you gave up on Aaron Judge that easily.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) So what do you like about Aaron Judge?
2: Oh, he's just an all-around player. He does everything well. He's also an amazing guy. Everyone says he's a leader in the the clubhouse and and just a, a good
0: person. Game one of 162. What's your prediction for the record this year?
3: Oh, I think we're going all the way all the way absolutely it's our year thank
0: you so much happy opening day then we had mike augustine who told us about a nice family tradition that he's getting started so i couldn't help but notice you just bought a yankees magazine do you but do that every time you come to the stadium
2: most of the time yes what about it do you like well, i like to read the articles look at the pictures and i like to keep score
0: very nice very nice how many times have you been to opening day
1: this has been my third consecutive time and i've pledged to my kids that it will be a family tradition from here on out how old are your kids Uh,
0: 16 to 23 and i have five of them So at least one of those kids uh is sneaking out of school today right yes sir (laughs) that's a good parent right there i like it what's your prediction for this season Uh, my prediction for this season is definitely yankees winning the division for the first time in eight
1: years and i want to go all the way and win the world series who's your favorite player all time of all time derek jeter what about on this team I like Gleyber Torres the best. I think he's got a very good future ahead of him. He's got a good head on his shoulders and excellent skill level.
0: And finally, John Chassar, who showed up with his son Patrick from Baltimore to watch the Orioles play the Yankees. But don't worry, they were decked out in full Yankees gear. So how many times have you been to opening day here? Opening day, I think this is our first time ever being at opening day. And it just so happened that you're coming to see the Orioles play against the Yankees? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're big Yankee fans, and uh, we used to live in the new york metro area but we came up from baltimore we thought it would be cool this year what's your prediction for this season yankees are going to win it all now is this your son over here yes that's my son patrick so is patrick your only child no no he i've uh, he's one of four but patrick is the child you like best is that correct is that why he's <laughs> absolutely congratulations patrick on that what uh what, what are you most excited about today Uh, Seeing a new season, last year they were good, and this year I think they'll be even better. The starting pitching is better, the the bullpen is
3: lights out, and uh, it should be a fabulous season if we can stay healthy.
0: Opening day is just one of 81 home games this year, but it's certainly the most special. I think you could probably hear that in the voices of all the fans who are excited to kick things off. When we come back, we'll have Chef Matt Gibson from Legends Hospitality Talking about all the incredible things that the fans who are here will be eating this season.
2: Hi, this is Aaron Boone. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine Podcast.
0: Welcome back to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. We're hanging out here in the Audi Club right now, getting ready for opening day. This is a really special part of the stadium. It's overlooking the left field corner. And I'm here right now with Yankees senior executive chef, Matt Gibson. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with us.
3: It's my pleasure. How are you today? I'm
0: doing great. I am. We just came from a meeting to plan out our May issue of the magazine. And as all good writers do at these meetings. We had a big box of munchkins. So now that I'm sitting here <laughs> enjoying the incredible menu that you guys have produced for this coming year at Yankee Stadium, uh, while I was not hungry when I started this meeting, somehow I am now, I'm uh, I'm very impressed. Well, I, f-
3: I feel bad I didn't bring any food to this party. No,
0: no, you brought plenty of food at the Taste of Yankee Stadium event earlier this week. Indeed. I'm really curious what you, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into cliche here, but you know, it's right there in the song, you know, Peanuts and Cracker Jack, and obviously... As a society, in baseball games, we've moved past that. But fundamentally, what is it that you're trying to do when you're looking at the entire stadium as a place to get food?
3: Well, I, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, our goal is to make sure everyone can enjoy themselves. So, you know, we have the core fans, and and they've they've been around for decades, and they'll be around much longer past when I'm when I'm out of here. But peanuts, hot dogs, Cracker Jacks, chicken fingers—it's it's it's a staple. Some people, I mean, when I go to a baseball field. Uh, it's a it's a hot dog and a beer for myself, but. In this day and age, and, and with social media, and it's a great time to be the chef of a baseball field. I mean, you have people that come to the stadium to really just mosey around and just try different things, try different hospitality experiences, and ultimately, you know, this this group of people are are becoming, uh, you know, much more pronounced and larger, and, and we have to appeal to their to their taste buds.
0: When do you think that moment changed when it stopped being ridiculous to think of an incredibly delicious Mighty Quinn's rib sandwich at a baseball stadium?
3: I Think Yankee. Stadium was kind of the predecessor or maybe not predecessor that's probably the wrong word I'm trying to use big words here um, <laughs> was was ultimately you know kind of set the trend in, in 2009 when, when the stadium opened. I mean you know a, a full-fledged sushi concession stand was not was not normal for baseball wasn't synonymous with baseball and you look at it now and then every single stadium has has sushi and I think you know Yankees kind of uh, started that trend and then you know we had a full-fledged butcher shop in the stadium. You know, not, I, I don't know how many other stadiums do that. I don't think a lot of them do them, if any of them do it at all. So, you know, I think in, in 2009 is, is really when you started to see kind of the birth of the new baseball fields. And the good thing about this stadium is, is every year we continue to evolve and, and, and update it and, you know, just make sure that it's current.
0: What is the line, in your opinion, between producing good, interesting, unique ballpark fairs? And producing just novelty things, like a twenty-five foot ham, a twenty-five inch hamburger, that or hot dog that you can say you did, but no one in the world is actually going to ever eat
3: that. Right. I feel like it was a trend, f- you know, four or five years ago when every stadium kind of had these like over the top, like almost like it should be a contest if you can finish eating this, right. and and let alone what the retail value of that's going to be. Um, you know, I, I think I think there is always some stuff that we can incorporate into our menu that that creates a buzz and that's kind of fun. It's you know you know quote unquote Instagram worthy. But at the end of the day, I think it's just it's it's making it's making good food and, and making it you know approachable to all of our fans. And 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 you know you know instead of making let's instead of making. By the way, I, I
0: love the opening day sounds a year.
3: Well, it's great because it's actually because the, the stadium's coming back to alive. You know, it's exactly, been dormant for, sure. for for months now, and and it's like this is. This is the exciting part of uh, of, of the stadium. It, it, it's a thin line. it's a thin line and and, and we've done it and, and and ultimately it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily sell and, and, and you find that the fans aren't really you know gravitating towards it. so what we're wanting to do is just find the synergy of what are they gravitating towards and really trying to figure that out and then offer it in as many different ways, shapes and forms throughout the stadium as possible.
0: So give me a little bit of your background. How long have you been with the Yankees? How long have you been doing food on this scale in a sense?
3: I started here in 2010. Okay, so and after the stadium, after yeah, the year after the stadium opened. Um, I'm originally from California, new to New York when when the stadium first opened. And, and sad to say, I never actually even stepped foot in the old stadium. <laughs> Or watched a, a baseball game before. From,
0: from, from a culinary perspective, you weren't missing much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I've heard. But I mean, just just to just to enter the building that had so much history and that was uh, so there, there were common. there were other reasons. To go yeah, to yeah. <laughs> Started in two thousand and ten, and kind of worked my way up the the roster here. And um, you know, I actually. I mean, my, I met my wife here. we We have the same schedule. it's 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 probably the only one of the huge reasons why we're still together is because she understands the the craziness of of what this job demands. And uh, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun working here, to be honest with you.
0: Do you consider yourself to be the chef of? a restaurant or 15 restaurants or 37 different restaurants within the stadium how does it work
3: well ultimately as a senior executive chef you know i have the ultimate responsibility of of all the food offered here at the stadium so it's a huge thing to accomplish and you know i'm lucky enough to have some incredibly talented chefs that i surround myself with that help you know divide and conquer because this is a big building there's a lot of food here we have a lot of staff that comes in and and we have a lot of fans that come in and demand the quality if you
0: were, I'm sure this happens to you all the time. You know, you have a friend who's, "Hey, man, I'm heading out to the stadium today. What should I eat?"
3: I I, I usually just I usually stick them in the in the in the outfield with some of the you know the new social gathering areas. I mean, we have our bow buns there. I think those are those are fun, inventive, um, approachable, um, as well as you know the dingers, the, the sliders that we debuted a couple of years ago. Um, but I, you know, I just push them to move around and, and walk around the stadium, and that's not just because I don't want to talk to them and uh, sort them out. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it, there's so much there's so much that this stadium has to offer, and you know, I want people to walk around and experience it.
0: The I gotta say, you know, not to play any favorites here, the Impossible Burger 2.0. I guess we're supposed to say from Bear Burger. Just blew my mind. I mean, how, as a chef, as someone in this space, how impressed are you with not just the advancements that you guys can do in terms of taking the ingredients and doing something with them, but the actual ingredients that you're being provided with around here?
3: Well, ultimately, you know, this Impossible 2.0 burger is 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 n- new uncharted territory for us chefs because it's it's an actual product that eats and and, and cooks like real meat. I mean, it it, it, it actually quote unquote bleeds. It, it, ha- it I mean, they make it with beets. Beets, I was gonna say, yeah. so that it has this this you know when it's cooked properly, it has this rose hue to it. If I didn't tell you there wasn't meat in it, I don't think you'd be able to tell. Not a chance. Um, I actually lived near a Bear Burger and went there the other day with my family. I got it with bacon on it, just <laughs> just just because I'm a meat eater. But I'm still craving having another burger. I mean, it's that it's that good. And and it, you know, for us, it opens up such a, you know, the, the the vegans and vegetarians of of the world. You know, it used to just be like, well, we had French fries or nachos in, in in a darkly lit corner. And now we're saying like, hey, these are some of our most premier partnerships at the stadium, and we're truly embracing. I mean, Bear Burgers, they're pushing for half of their menu to be vegan. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome and delicious. I mean, yeah. I have to say, yeah. and absolutely delicious. Right. and and the whole thing behind behind Impossible two is they're not trying to market it as this vegan patty. It's just it's just not meat, you know. Like it, I think as as a meat eater, you kind of turn your nose up to when you see this is a vegan burger. But you know, there it's not. It's 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 more than that, and it's 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 special.
0: Obviously, look. I mean, if, if you or your company or whatever throws in that money for that legend seat, you know, you're getting a very special experience and you're getting, you know, lobster tail and all that stuff. If you look at, just for example, the event that we had here to lead into the season with all the food, how important is it just the idea that everything that you guys were presenting there is available to literally any fan who walks in the stadium? This stuff isn't behind glass.
3: It's incredibly important to the Yankee organization and and legends as well. You know, we want to make sure that, especially for our media day that, that that it's understood that everything that is being tasted at that event is available to every person that walks into the building it's it's incredibly important we have a great premium experience our Absolutely. legends club or audi club or suites. you know that, that that's you know that's a whole different sect of awesomeness but being in in general concessions in this building is is there is no concession with food it, it is it is true that 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 there's a wide variety and, and we try to hit as many of those those important points to everyone as possible Look, I mean,
0: Cracker Jack is still served in a bag. I mean, so you're not really getting your hands on that.
3: But even something like a hot
0: dog, how has that changed, do you think? You know, I mean, I certainly remember going to whether it was Yankee Stadium or Shea Stadium and just these just sad, wet hot dogs or things like that that you would see, you know, coming out of there. How has, you know, the the ballpark staple experience changed, in your opinion?
3: You know, sometimes simple things are hard to do right, you know, and and when you kind of glitz these things up, it's it's easy to kind of bury it underneath all the fun and interesting toppings. So, you know, when you look at a burger, when you look at chicken tenders, when you look at hot dogs, you know, the Yankees, they they want to align themselves with with premium products. and, And 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 it absolutely shows you look at chicken tenders. I mean, there's hundreds of different types of chicken tenders last year. I actually went down to Alabama to work with the people that make our chicken tenders to reformulate our chicken tenders to get what we wanted. You know we wanted a you know a premium white meat. We wanted less breading, more chicken, um, a different flavor profile. So that was a really interesting experience of going to you know a facility that that I mean they just bred hundreds and hundreds of tons of chicken tenders throughout the year and um, for them to make a custom, formulated batch for 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 here at the stadium is 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 super cool so you know that ultimately goes back to you know the fundamentals of a a baseball park and 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 how how we can make the food the best that we possibly can
0: there are 29 other teams doing this obviously at different scales but they're doing this say nothing of all the other sports how in tune are you with what all these other you know venues are doing
3: well it's an incredibly big field but a very small right pond of, of people in it and you know, uh, when, when Legends was created by, by the Yankees mm-hmm. and Cowboys, you know, it, it, we didn't want to be the biggest. We just wanted to be the best. And f- food and hospitality, it's, 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 an, it's incredibly integral to the, to the hospitality experience at the ballpark. You know, the product on the field is the product on the field. The facilities are the facilities. You know, lucky for us that that we have a great building, a great team, and, and tremendous food. So we, we we're out there. We're, we're looking. Every you know, we have we have our eyes and ears at these other stadiums, and you know, lucky for us, Legends does some of the other stadiums as well. So we can kind of trade information, if you will.
0: Seems like every year there's an increased focus on making sure that there are healthy items that get onto those menus too. How have you seen fans' interests change in those ways? I mean, obviously you're still presenting them with these crazy opulent options, um, but you know, to ma- making sure that there's you know the Melissa's Farmers Market and making sure that there are this year wraps and things like that. Uh, you know, for, for, for different fans who want different things, how have you seen that interest grow?
3: I think you, you know, if even in the last five years you've looked, you've seen a lot of requests for healthy items, but no one ever bought them. And now you're looking for more and more requests for healthy items, and people are buying them. And uh, the last few years, we've really expanded our grab-and-go selections throughout the stadium. Um, And and that's a great opportunity for us to provide, you know, some gluten-free salads, some healthy salads, some wraps, some kosher, you know, more expanded kosher items. Um, So so you you definitely see it in in the way that the the guests are – perceiving it and and they're purchasing it so you know we just want to continue to keep giving them options throughout the stadium
0: again so you know there's the old saying that you know people will enjoy a restaurant because of the food but they'll be, come back because of the experience in a sense you know do you expect people to leave yankee stadium thinking about the game they saw or do you want them also thinking about just the high quality delicious food they got a chance to eat when they were there
3: i think it's a whole, i think it's a, a different approach for every fan that walks in the building it, it you know you have the you have the guy that sits down at the seat, Score eats, card. eats the hot dog, just doesn't doesn't leave a seat and, and watches the entire game, and then we have fans that don't even sit down and they just they just wander around the stadium. So, you know, I, I think it I think for every fan it's different, and you know I would like to believe and I and I've seen it. I mean, from the minute that a fan walks in the building, they're greeted, and on the, on their way out, they're they're you know they're thanked for for coming into the stadium. So. You look at, you know, not only the food hospitality but the greeters and the security guards and, and, and everyone. It's 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 uh it should be a, a, a phenomenal experience for, for, for everyone that walks in and, and, and I see it every day and it's uh it's half the reason why I've been here as long as I've been here.
0: I've been here five years now. I was coming to the park in two thousand nine when it opened. Certainly I have memories of the old Yankee Stadium. It's uh it's pretty remarkable what you guys are able to do on the scale you're able to do it with the you know, just taste and quality of the product you got here it's a you know hopefully the yankees give fans uh, a lot of reasons to enjoy coming out here this year but i can assure you even if it doesn't always go well that night you can always eat well here so thanks so much for taking the time and happy opening day i know that if you're anything (laughs) like us this has been the busiest week of your year yeah but it is kind of nice to get rid of the busiest week of your year in march
3: right well i work at a baseball field so i want to play baseball let's go we're all excited there's a buzz in the air and uh you know just getting just getting past opening day is going to be huge for us as an operation
0: Matt Gibson, thanks so much. Awesome. Chef Matt Gibson. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Well, you guys, when you, when you head here, when you bring your family here, Nate, you know what's your routine?
1: Well, first off, big shout to Matt Gibson. He is a, uh, an invaluable contributor to our publications. Uh, most of our recipes of the month in the monthly magazine come courtesy of Matt. Um, he's just a great friend to the publications department and uh, is really excellent at what he does. For me, I mean, you know, I'm old school. I'm, I'm a hot dog and a beer guy. Like that's generally my go-to, and I know there's a lot more exciting options these days. And I've had a chance to try out a lot of them, and none of them have disappointed. Um, but you know, when I'm when I'm coming to a ball game, I like to watch my Yankees with a hot dog and a beer. Nothing wrong with that.
2: It's a tough act to follow, and the reason it's a tough <laughs> act to follow is because I am the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> And one of my favorite things to do, now that I have been working for a baseball team for so long, is go to one of our minor league affiliate games so that I can have a beer while at a ballpark, because I can't do that here. I'll share something uh, that I don't even think you guys know. I have been to every single Yankees opening day game since 1992. That spans high school, college, graduate school, internships.
0: It was really a shame that you missed this one, but you'll get better. Don't worry about it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you
2: internships, jobs with other teams. I've been here for every single one since 1992. That's quite a streak. Thank you. That's Thank that's you. Some, some cold ball games you've sat through. Very, very. Uh, <laughs> 1996 uh, is unforgettable mm-hmm. in the snow, and Andy Pettit pitched such a great game. And George Steinbrenner had Bob Shepard announce to the crowd that anybody who stuck it out till the ninth inning was getting complimentary tickets to one of three games later that year. I did not pick the game that I wish I did, which was Doc Gooden's no hitter. (laughs) picked the game that somebody gave up quite a few hits in. (laughs) But it wasn't Doc Gooden's no hitter, although that was one of the three options. That, you know, stands out so well and 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 so many of the the other ones um including the first one i I worked as an employee which is equally as cold 2003 when hideki matsui hit a grand slam yeah i'm a hot dog and a beer guy just like you and uh and this is a great place for it but there's so 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 much more i'll share that my family has been to quite a few opening day games in the last couple years obviously ones that i've been working my son is a cheesesteak connoisseur and has enjoyed that here at Yankee Stadium, not just on opening day, but many other games. So I'll, I'll add that just to be a little bit diverse here, Nathan. Wow, are you too worthless. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm a creature of habit, as you know. So. Well, yeah, I do know that. So uh, as uh,
0: you just heard when I was talking to Chef Gibson, um, I'm going to throw the ultimate curveball here, which I never would have guessed when I went to that event. I'm telling you, I'm putting down a marker right now. I think the... Most remarkable item we have at the stadium this year is the Impossible 2.0 Burger from Bear Burger. It is just so hard to believe that's a vegetarian patty. It's delicious. It was fun. It was, you know, I think good for the world, which is not a bad thing. So, you know, there's any number of options you can get here, anything from Cracker Jack to Sushi Rolls. You're not going to go wrong, but my my sleeper pick is that Impossible Burger from Bear Burger. Guys, there are 80 more games here this season where uh, you can head out to those concession stands and find new things to make you happy. Besides for a beer and a hot dog, Nate, we'd like to ask you to please stop drinking beer at the office. But besides (laughs) for that, I mean, that, you know, you should, you should know better. Um, For everyone else, by all means, please get some beer when you're at our office. Uh, and pick up a yearbook. <laughs> yes, definitely. Pick up a yearbook while you're out here. Also, you can call 800-GO-YANKS to pick up any of the magazines you need. Pick up your yearbook. Subscribe. We really appreciate it. You can also go to yankees.com slash magazine where you can read all of our long-form content or yankees.com slash publications where you can order magazines, subscribe, anything you need. Please, please, please subscribe rate review our podcast it really helps let us know what you want to hear email us at podcast at yankees.com visit yankees.com slash podcast check out all of their past episodes and again definitely 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 subscribe we are so excited to get things going for you this year we have incredible ideas that we're already working on for future issues uh, we're grateful that you're going to take the ride with us and we'll speak to you soon thanks so much bye
3: hi this is jay hap For more stories like these, subscribe to Yankees Magazine by visiting yankees.com slash publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS.